You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Tildy Herrera. Our guest today is Glenn Croston. He's a biologist and author of 75 Green Businesses You Can Start to Make Money and Make a Difference. In his book, Glenn looks at solving the world's environmental problems through the lens of entrepreneurship. The businesses run the spectrum. Low-carbon groceries, environmental accounting, installing wind turbines, carbon offset investigator. I caught up with Glenn to talk about the opportunities for starting a green business. There are also inevitable challenges, such as marketing a green product or service to consumers who may be suffering from green fatigue. Glenn, you have a science background. How did you come to write this book and choose these businesses to highlight? Well, as a biologist, I've been reading and I've been growing increasingly concerned about about our impact of our business practices on the natural world. And as a father, I'm pretty motivated to do something about it. So I um, set out looking at, at all the different different problems out there. Instead of just focusing on the problems, though, trying to look for opportunities for, for entrepreneurs to provide solutions. And that's pretty much how the, the whole book is structured. We have a great need for clean water supplies and for water conservation in many parts of the world. So there's one chapter in the book all about the opportunities to, to provide improved supplies of water for using things like gray water supplies, for saving rainwater, for being a green plumber, or for doing water conservation landscaping, for example. Another chapter is all about green buildings. So if our buildings are inefficient, if we have a problem with that, then there's a lot of opportunities for solutions as well, for doing things like providing efficient lighting, for fixing our air ducts so they don't leak, and for exploring new, new building methods like green prefab houses. So it's really for every problem, there's a variety of opportunities for businesses lurking inside of that problem and for entrepreneurs to build a business around it. So would you say that these businesses in your book are a combination of new businesses that have sprung up directly from addressing these problems, or are they just greened up conventional businesses? I would say they're, they're both. So some of the things in the book are pretty innovative and things that are, are just now happening or, or, or that where the trend is headed in that direction. And uh, often it's the case as, as well that a green business is, is kind of, is in essence, a, a greener version of, of an existing business. So uh, an example of that would be like green dry cleaning. Of course, you know, we already have a great number of dry cleaners, but green dry cleaning, doing dry cleaning in a way without harmful solvents, is a relatively new phenomena that, that people are trying to, to move into. So there's a little bit of both in there. Can any business be a green business? I think so. It's a little bit hard to say exactly, you know, what, what is and isn't a, a green business. Uh, to me, it's, it's, people get kind of caught up in these arguments about, about saying, you know, what is green and what isn't. And, and I think you, it's, you really can't just draw a line in, in the sand and, and group all the businesses on one side as green and everybody on the other side as ungreen. I think it's, it's a relative thing, and it depends on, on where your business is today compared to where, where it was before and, and where the rest of your industry is. If you're improving significantly, and if you have data to show that how you're doing that, or to show the environmental benefit that you're producing, then that's a positive step, and I, I think that needs to be recognized. And nobody's perfect yet. So, you know, even businesses like Interface or Stonyfield Farm, you know, who have been making a real uh, great effort for many years now, they're not perfectly sustainable. So really nobody is. The important thing is just to be able to, to keep on improving and to show people how you're doing that. 
Gwen, what would you say are the common misconceptions or challenges that green entrepreneurs face? Well, I think there, there's plenty still. There are, there are many misconceptions that people have. Lots of people still think that, that going green is, is hard, that it's inconvenient, that it's an expensive luxury, and that many people still believe you, you can't really do the right thing and, and still make money. I, I think the answer to that is that it's being done every day. More and more businesses out there are, are doing well and, and doing right at the same time. So, for example, there's this idea that green buildings are, are really very expensive and, and not affordable. But there's more and more data saying that they're not more expensive at all compared to regular buildings and that people can actually save money by, by wasting less energy and increasing productivity. So, you know, most business people are alike in the sense that they don't like wasting money and they want to save money if possible. So I guess in that sense that everybody's a little bit green. You know, so these things, these perceptions are changing, but it takes a little time for them to catch up to the changing reality out there. I guess that's one, one nice thing about the high profile of green business lately is it helping to change the minds about some of these misconceptions. Another challenge, I think, is the idea that the green is a fad. It's a, it's a, a trend that's going to blow over and we'll all go back to business as, as usual. But the fundamental needs are, are so great. There's, there's so many drivers supporting the ongoing growth of the field. Another big challenge, you know, that green businesses are going to face is they have to not only think about what they're making, but how they're making it. They have to examine their own operations to green things throughout. So there's a lot of challenges, but there's also many opportunities. Now, can you think of any situations where branding yourself as green would actually limit your venture? Yeah, I think so. I think people... People are getting a little tired of hearing the word green tossed around so much. It's getting a little overused and losing some of its ability to communicate a clear message, a clear meaning. So, so there could be some, some negatives which go along with the positives today. One thing about, about calling yourself green is that it can maybe limit you in, in some people's minds to a certain niche, a, a smaller market, rather than opening up the, the broader market of people out there who who aren't opposed to green things but don't necessarily think of themselves as being purely green, the, the, real, the really mainstream market out there. So it, if you call yourself green, it might make people think that, that being, the green is really the main benefit of your product rather than, than just an additional quality on top of being a great product. You sort of were just describing this green fatigue. What, what advice can you offer entrepreneurs in terms of marketing their products or services? Well, you know, one of the strategies I've, I've heard people say is that it can be really helpful to, to back up your words with some meaningful facts and figures about, about the environmental benefits that you're developing, that you're, that you're creating with, your, with the greening of your business. So don't just say you're green, but show it and back it up with some, with some measurable results. I think it can also help to, to work with your clients, with your customers, to, to educate them about what you're doing, to really reach out to the, to the consumer, to the community. I think another another way to, to fight it is to is to not stay in one place, to keep on improving what you're doing, your your product, your services and how they're they're greeners. You know, with Toyota that they've got the Prius but they can't just keep on selling the same Prius forever, that they've got to keep on working for the next generation, the plug in hybrids coming down the road. I think another way to, to fight it is to to talk about the benefits to the consumers, not just, you know, being green, but what does it mean to them and, and to really drive it home that to people that every, if it's a great product and it's a green one too, then then everybody's going to pay attention. So does marketing yourself as a green business or choosing to focus on solving some sort of environmental problem, how does that impact your access to capital? Well, I think it really helps that, 
green businesses have a, a real advantage in some ways in, in raising money today. Uh, people are, are attracted to invest in green businesses for, for a few reasons. One is because they have, they're displaying you know, rapid growth and looking forward that they have enormous potential for, for future growth still ahead. People, investors, look at green businesses and they see that there are an array in many different fields, an array of, of government mandates and regulations supporting that growth with things, things like, for example, you know, renewable energy, that, that um, the risk is really reduced for investors because they, they can see that there are some influences and some support there from, for the long term uh, for, for businesses to, to go in the green direction. I, I think another important reason that people are, are excited about investing in green businesses is because they just plain want to do the right thing. And I think, you know, there's a very human element out there which, which drives people to support green business. Um, for example, I was recently talking with, with Chris Larson, one of the co-founders of the person-to-person lending marketplace Prosper, and, and uh, within their, their lending marketplace, they've done some studies, some, some surveys, and they found that, that lenders are definitely attracted to green projects and businesses for, for these sorts of reasons, whereas a bank maybe won't even consider whether you're green or not if you're, if you're asking for a business loan. But in, in, in a person-to-person lending marketplace like Prosper, that, that borrowers were actively trying to engage lenders to tell their story, to let them know what they're doing in, in a green direction, and to, to be more successful in attracting capital that way. So knowing what you know now, having researched this book and talking to all of these various business owners, what advice would you give to would-be entrepreneurs? What are the things that they need to know? Well, I think one of the most important things they need to think about is it's not just what's going on outside in, in the rest of the world, what's going on in, inside of them, what's unique about their own personal experiences and skills and interests that they have going for them that they can, they can use as one of their assets to get going. And really, those are going to be some of their most important assets. You know, I get people calling me all the time or asking me, Glenn, you know, what, what, what can I do? What business is best for me? And it's hard for me to say what business is for them. I think a lot of that has to come from within them. So it's important to do a little soul-searching, see what they really care about, what they're passionate about, and what fits them best as a great starting point. I think another important thing to know is, for them is that once they've done that, that people often doubt, you know, well, maybe that's not really it for me. I mean, what if, I'm not a great environmentalist. But really, I think there's opportunities there for almost anyone, people from, from a wide range of backgrounds, you know, for plumbers, teachers, lawyers, doctors, bankers, artists, salespeople. Really, there's something there for almost anyone to to join in with the, uh, the green business revolution. I think it's also important, it's more to have a great idea, it's also important for people to kind of think through some of the steps ahead that, yes, these are green businesses, but they still have to think and consider all the same steps that any other business does. They are going to have to find a way to produce their product, they're going to have to raise capital, they're going to have to market it. So, you know, having the idea alone isn't going to be enough. They're going to have to plan through, the, go through all the same steps that any, any other business will. There may be some uniquely green angles to it, but, which, which help, but they're still going to have to think about those things. Now, tell me about this website that you started to help budding entrepreneurs. Well, uh, along with the book, I'm developing a support resource for, for green entrepreneurs, which is called Starting Up Green. It's, it's at startingupgreen.com. And the idea is that, uh, you know, once people get started, they're going to need a lot of help along the way. And that the good news is that one of the great things about green businesses is that there's so many people who believe so passionately in the field that they're willing to, to help others who are also trying to head in that direction. There's a lot of green leaders who have been down this path before. They know what works and what doesn't work, and they're willing to share that with, with other young entrepreneurs, green entrepreneurs who are also getting started. 
So there's a wealth of help available. Um, and at Starting Up Green, the idea is that, that the site will help them with, with insights, success stories, tips, and with, uh, with access to, to experts in various fields like green finance, marketing, HR, legal, and all the really kind of unique things which go along with green work in these areas. Well, you sound so passionate about all of this. Well, yeah, thanks. You know, to me, it, it's somewhat personal because I'm a father and I've got two girls. So the future, what's going to happen in, the, in 2030 or 2050, is not just an abstract idea. It is something which, you know, really matters to me deeply and I think matters to a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are really committed to, to making a difference. That's one of the really great things about green business in general. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Glenn. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.